You see the war's devastation in Ukraine and you ask, how can we help? And we're going to hear the answer to that question this morning as we visit with Michael Johnson and Igor Bandura, who will share with us how you can help Ukrainians find refuge in local churches, now winter warmth centers. Michael Johnson is president of Slavic Gospel Association, and Igor Bandura is the leader of the Baptist Union of Ukraine. And good morning, guys. Good morning. Appreciate Good morning. You. Yeah, appreciate you both being along with us today. Uh, so let's start with you, Michael. Let's talk a little bit about the Slavic Gospel Association and exactly what are you guys doing there in Ukraine? So really quickly, a Slavic Gospel Association was established in 1934, and uh, we've served Russian Christians uh, um, for almost the last 90 years. Mm. And specifically, uh, now we serve the churches of the Baptist Union across all of those countries, representing roughly 6,000 evangelical churches. In Ukraine right now, they have pro- approximately 2,200 churches uh, that we're serving as they reach out and minister to people, both in word and deed, displaced people as a result of what's happening in the war. And I want to introduce you to um, Reverend Igor Bandura, uh, he's Vice President of the Baptist Union. He's speaking to us from Kiev this morning. Mm. So, Igor, share with us a little bit about the situation there right now and how the churches are responding. The situation is uh, very complicated and difficult, and the winter time makes uh, the situation even worse for millions of Ukrainians. Mm. The war that has started more than 10 months ago is on the hot stage, and uh, yesterday and today we are getting news from Bakhmut and uh, Solidar, where Russian army is attacking Ukrainians, and we have many people killed. Mm. And so Russia continues to, uh, to try to reach the goals of the war, but God is still saving us, and army, our army is doing well. And as a churches, we stand with our, our nation, and uh, we are praying for our country, and we support uh, internally displaced people. Most churches became centers of heat and hope for internally displaced people, and people can find uh, help, food, sometimes uh, place to stay, people can come to church for hot meal, mm-hmm. meals, to recharge their telephones, uh, to find worms, and of course, during these times, we share our faith in Christ, we speak yes. about hope in God, and uh, about futures that God holds in His hands for us. Yes. Igor, I'd love to have you tell us maybe a story or stories of how believers there in Ukraine have been ministering. Uh, to people during this time. Do you have any that come to mind that you can just say, boy, this was really, you could see God working here? Yes, of course. I may share uh, with you very shortly about my uh, my church, which yeah. is located in Irpin. And Irpin was uh, on the uh, worldwide media news from the very first day of the war, because this is where Russia started uh, the war immediately. So our church, with uh, more than 600 people, uh, started to minister to people almost from the very first day of the war. But mm-hmm. even before the war, we planned how we would be ministering to people if the war would come. Of course, we prayed that God would protect us. But then when the war just happened, the church was very active. 
And from the very uh, first day, we evacuated at least 10,000 people from our city. And then most of the members of church also evacuated, but the group of people was faithfully staying even during the time of occupation, providing shelter for people, preparing meals. We had a well uh, in our church. We bought before the war a big generator to have electricity and heat. So uh, that, that was uh, like the place of hope in the city. And most people are still talking about the Pink Bible Church and how church was instrumental to help them when everything was in chaos. And even after EP was rescued, the church became the center uh, for people to come every day. And we also opened five other volunteer centers near our city, in cities like Hostomel, Borodyanka, also the city where all, all the news they were damaged by Russians severely. And we are still running five volunteer centers where people can come every day and uh, have a hot meal, but also uh, we, we pray with people, and at least three of these centers already uh, became new planted uh, churches. Mm. So we continue to do this ministry, and just now we are working to uh, provide the church with mobile kitchen, and we train a little team, and they will be going every day to these volunteer centers with this mobile uh, kitchen mm-hmm. and provide hot meals for thousands of uh, people wow. during uh, the week. Praise and God. we have, uh, have had four baptismal services already during the time of the war, and more than 30 new people were baptized. Oh, and every God. Sunday, uh, despite the fact that uh, still half of the church members are spread all around Ukraine and abroad, we, have, we already have two church services every Sunday, and the church sanctuary is filled with people. Mm. This is wow. just one of the examples, and there are many of such sure. examples during the time of the war. Wow. So the war is tough for people, but God is still working, and amongst all the sufferings, we see God's grace. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is so so encouraging, just it hearing is. how people are responding to the gospel and filling up the church pews. And so since you represent a network of more than 2,000 churches across uh, Ukraine. Are you seeing that across the board, across the whole country, that people are really seeking out hope and finding hope in Christ? We, we have very different situations because uh, at least 300 of our churches stopped to exist at the occupied uh, territories mm. because the pastors and all the people left. And we have very tough situation uh, yeah. in the area where we have front line. And just for you to imagine, if we are talking about front line, we are talking about 1,200 kilometers of front line. And, uh, but in the central Ukraine and in the western parts of Ukraine, situation is a little bit easier. And this is where we have most of internally displaced people. And this is where most uh, things are going on. But, uh, yes, uh, so thousands of people uh, realized that uh, evangelical churches can be very instrumental. And they, they, uh, when they share, they say, we are amazed. We didn't know that these churches exist, or we didn't know they can be so helpful. So for thousands mm. of people, mm-hmm. it was tremendous ministry, and it is still so. So we are, we are glad that God despite all of our human weaknesses and, and, and our human fears, God can use us as Christians and our churches 
yeah. um, to, to help millions of people in Ukraine. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. So we're also talking with Michael Johnson, uh, president of the Slavic Gospel Association. So, Michael, what can we do uh, to help you help uh, uh, Igor, you know, as well, and their churches? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want <clears throat> to share a scripture verse, um, uh, John 4, uh, 37, 38. Jesus says, For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. So I want to invite your listeners to enter into the labor of these wonderful churches that we have been serving for so many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the more resources we can provide for them, the more people they, whose hearts they can touch. So uh, from day one of the war, you know, we've been uh, sending um, uh, funds for them to purchase uh, humanitarian aid locally, as well as we've shipped roughly 60 or 70 uh, semis in of food that have been distributed through their churches so that their churches can be lights in their communities for the gospel. So mm-hmm. so we have various um, ways in which people can, can connect, uh, one of which is this Heat and Hope campaign that we've mm-hmm. developed, and uh, we're shipping hundreds of generators to the churches, um, as well as blankets and, um, you know, uh, money for people to purchase, you know, fuel, whether it be wood or coal, that they can give to people in their communities so mm-hmm. that they can stay warm. So we're really doing everything we can to equip those churches to meet the physical and spiritual needs of the people uh, in their in their cities, towns, and villages. Yeah, that's great. So uh, just come to our website, sga.org. Um, uh, there's plenty of ways in which people can help, and... Um, and um, and they can be a part of what God is doing uh, in those countries. Uh, but more importantly, we ask your listeners to pray for the situation there. Yeah. We don't know what God God knows. Yes, uh, yeah. God knows what's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, God uh, God is certainly in control of all this, and um, and uh, and we're here to sort of tell the other side of the story. And the other side of the story is, um, um, and I don't say this lightly because I've worked in those countries for many years, but this is truly, in the midst of this horrible situation, the greatest opportunity for the proclamation of the gospel since the wall came down 30 years ago. Wow, wow. Yeah, that's for sure. Wow, that's, that's so we need to be praying. And Igor, as we think of you there in Kiev, and, and here we are in the Quad Cities in the USA, and you're our brother in Christ. Um. Would you lead us in prayer for what's going on there? And thank you so much for being so faithful mm-hmm. in serving people and serving our Lord Jesus. That's right. Yeah, let me use this opportunity to express our deepest gratitude for to millions of Christians in your country who are faithfully praying for Ukraine and Ukrainians during these days of the world. Mm-hmm. We know that God is using our army to protect our country, but we believe even more important, this uh, prayer warriors all around the world. Yes. We believe in the power of prayer, and we continue to participate in this spiritual battle uh, for the glory of God. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, and please stay with us, because we need your prayer support as never before. Sure. That's right. Well, let me let me just pray for you guys mm-hmm. here real quickly before we leave. Father, we, uh, we come before you today. We know that nothing here has surprised you. Um, nothing has taken uh, you by uh, surprise. And we just uh, ask, Lord, that you would protect all of those in Ukraine, uh, protect uh, Igor, as well as all of those pastors and Christians who are reaching out to serve others uh, in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would protect them 
uh, from any harm. And Lord, we also pray for all of those, pray for their enemies. Uh, we pray, Lord, that they would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and that this would stop, this, that this uh, war would stop and that you would t- turn it all around and that we would see your glory uh, through this. But in the meantime, we pray for the safety of those that are being attacked. We pray for those that are being attacked spiritually uh, because of this and the depression that's taking place and, the, and just the different aspects we don't even have a clue about. I pray that you'd keep them all warm and fed uh, during this time, and I pray that you would use us, Christians from all around the world who are praying and giving, uh, to help them as well during this time. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, we sure appreciate you. And Igor, thank you, brother. Continue Mm -hmm. to pray for you and your churches. Michael, thank you for what you're doing, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure.